Well, I, I hope you're uh, getting ready for Christmas. I know we have been at the Jacob's house. It's always a great time of year. And so for me, you know, it's, it's so much about, especially when you got little ones around you, isn't it even more exciting? Yeah, so we got a little grandbaby now. It gets a little bit more exciting for us. And uh, so today, as we're getting ready for Christmas in our Advent series, we're going to be talking about those little ones, man. We're talking about babies today, and we're talking about baby names today. So what I want to do this morning is we're going to start off with the quiz. You guys good with the baby quizzes? Figuring out who the babies are? You ever had to play this game? Okay, so we're going to quiz you. I'm going to put up some pictures here, and you guys see if you can figure out who these people are. Let's stay with me now. Okay, here we go. Let's just... Let's forget these for a minute. We're going to start out with this baby here. First of all, sometimes you're like, is that a boy or a girl? You know, so this is a little dude. Anybody know who this is right here? No, it's not me. This is Mr. Brian Work. Yeah, yep, that's him. It was kind of freaky when uh, he sent me the picture. I'm like, man, that is RJ all the way. So, okay. We got a little girl here in the middle. Anybody know who this is? <laughs> Amy, come on, man. Get this guy under control. <laughs> no, it is not me. Anybody guess it? Kara. Yeah, we're seeing a little trend here. It's, it's kind of hard to tell because she's such a fit girl. I've never seen her with a little chub on her, man. Yeah. So I think, I think we can figure out now who's this here at the end. Okay, calm down, Neil. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Like, he sends me this. He's already on something dangerous, smiling, if you know Neil at all. It perfectly describes this guy. So kind of interesting, though. You know, they've, they've changed a lot, haven't they? But we got one more baby picture, guys. See if you all can figure out who, uh, who this is. What are you, what are you laughing for? This is a picture of Brad Pitt as a baby. <laughs> okay, I think we said to just calm it down. Uh, you guys thought Chunky Love came into existence like well and later? No, it, it was born Chunky Love. Yes, that is me, Johnny J. So this is what's so sad, guys. So I'm, I'm sitting here with Danette. I was like, hey, babe, let me show you the pictures, see if she could guess who the three were. She's just like, oh, oh, oh. I bring this up, and she just starts rolling, laughing. And then she goes, wow, look at your head. <laughs> She's still laughing. I was like, is that even me, man? You know, don't you sometimes have to be like, I don't know, maybe that's not me, and I know it is, but uh, I've changed quite a bit. I mean, how does that become that. I'd throw in my little favorite abominable snowman there. Guys, for real. So I want you to think about this. I hope, I hope you've done that at some point. I can look at baby pictures of my own kids at times and be like, man, is that really them? Because babies change so much. I mean, it really, as much as we're joking, it's, it's kind of trippy what we can become from birth. But Here's what's interesting, man. One thing stays the same for pretty much all of us. From birth, actually to the day we die, and if we're honest, really beyond the day we die, and that's our name. I mean, I've, 
No matter how much I've changed since I've been a little guy, when I was born, my mom and dad picked that name. Evidently didn't give it a lot of thought to it because I've been, of course, as you guys know, marked with the John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt thing my whole life. You're supposed to think about this people when you're naming babies, you know, like what can they get made fun of for? So his name is my name too, as you all know. Whenever I go out, the people always shout. Um, but it's our name. It's a powerful thing, right? So we're, we're going to be talking about names today, okay? Thinking about names and not just names, specifically the process of choosing a name. So for today, we're, we're calling this sermon Called by Name. I want you to think how powerful it is, certain people in your life, maybe certain people that you wish would just call your name. So we're going to get into our passage. Um, as you guys know, we're in the Gospel of Luke. We're still in the first chapter. I think we're going to make it into chapter two by like 2024. So uh, that's how we roll here. But no, it's good. And um, before we read our passage, as always, I want to go ahead and make sure we set the stage for where we're at. We're going to put this in context to know what's happening. So today we're talking about the birth of a very important man, John the Baptist. Okay, Jesus called him the greatest man born of women. So this is a very epic thing. But we have to remember where this started before we get into our verses today. So if you know the story, at the beginning, we, we meet John's parents, it's Zachariah and Elizabeth. And there's a scene in the beginning of Luke where Zachariah, who's a priest, He's been drawn by Lot to go in and, and do his duties, so he's alone in there, and an angel visits him. Okay, And, and again, guys, I, I do this a lot, but I want us to stop and think, and we read about angels in the Bible, but this isn't something that just happens all the time. This is a real man all alone, and an angel appears to him. It's crazy. And this is a time and period when a lot of people in Israel felt like God is silent, God isn't moving. There's not a lot recorded. There's this big gap, right? But we have this faithful, righteous man, Zechariah, and here's an angel. And the angel doesn't just appear in the room with him. He calls him by name. It's right there in the Bible. It says, Zechariah. Can you imagine? It's one thing if an angel shows up like, whoa, hey, what's going on, man? I guess I'm in the wrong room. But no, he's like, I'm talking to you, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. You're going to have a baby. And explicitly in the Bible, this angel, this messenger for God, wants him to know, and his name is to be called John. And then he goes on to talk about what this little boy is going to do. Man, he's going to be a joy to you. He's going to have this, this, this Holy Spirit in him that's actually going to be in him before he's even born. It's going to be a spirit like, like Elijah. He's going to come in the same power and reality. And he's going to bring a bunch of people back to the Lord. In fact, he's going to pave a way for the Lord. Then, of course, you know, we, we talked about this story way back in this incredibly righteous man who's been serving God his whole life. He has this moment of doubt, right? Because we didn't mention Zachariah is an old dude. Doesn't tell us how old. But the Bible's clear. Homeboy's old. His wife is old. So he's like, hey, uh, time out, angel. Like, uh, are you sure? Because I don't know if you checked. I got my Buckeye card here, and I'm not exactly like down for having kids. 
And the angel tells him, hey, listen, no, I am sure. You're coming from God. But since you didn't believe, we're going to zip that lip for a little bit, and Zechariah can't talk. Think about this. So he's had this vision alone. He had to come out, couldn't exactly tell his wife what's going on, said he had to make signs and stuff. And so, but just like the angel said, guys, what we're going to read now is God's word does come true because that's what happened when God speaks, right? So normally I'd have you stand, but I'm going to, I'm going to take my time and read through this. So if you want to follow along on your, on your phones, in your Bibles, get them out. So good to get into God's word. And I'm reading from Luke 1. We're going to go from 57 to 66. So let's let this story hit us again. Elizabeth's been pregnant. You know, Zachariah, the husband, can't talk. And here we go. So when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son, just like God said. Her neighbors, relatives, the, the, the people around them, they heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and they shared her joy. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think about this scene, the way it's unfolding, guys. Here's a very elderly lady, not only got pregnant, which would be like, wow, I think I kind of heard this was supposed to happen, but she not only got pregnant, she actually had the baby. She lived, the baby lived, and they're in this community of joy. Isn't it powerful, guys, when you can have people around you that celebrate great things that happen to you? Just a little thing I think it's important for us to, to know here. Then it starts to get a little bit interesting. It says, on the eighth day, so we're eight days after homeboy's been born, they came to circumcise the child, and they were, they were going to name him after his father, Zachariah. That seems strange to anybody? You should think about that for a minute. Man, they were going to name him? The people? But his mother spoke up. Moms, you need to speak up in your kids' lives, man. Mom spoke up and said, no, he's to be called John. They said to her, wait, hold on, John. There's nobody in the family named John. No, no relatives have that name. They're, they're like, what is happening here? Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. I think this is kind of funny too, by the way. It doesn't say that Zachariah couldn't hear. It says he couldn't talk. So I don't know why they're signing to this guy. I don't even know what that would look like. Like, okay, Zachariah, like, what do you want to name the baby? I can hear you, man. I just can't talk. So <laughs> Bible's kind of funny to me at times. I'm like, so he asked for a writing tablet. And unless this guy, this was a guy that was visited by an angel. On some level, this, this has to be out. He had to say his angel visited me. He told me I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to name it John. But to everyone's astonishment, he, he writes, his name is John. That seems weird to me. Immediately, his mouth, Zachariah's mouth was open, his tongue set free. He began to speak, praising God. Last part, and all the neighbors were filled with awe. Well, the biblical word there is like fear. There's something like, whoa, what is happening? And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be for the Lord's hand was with him? You ever done that with a baby? Again, you guys know we became grandparents a few months ago. And sometimes when I'm holding Nico, and I bet you've done this if you have a, a baby, someone you love in your life, and they, they can't talk it, and you're just looking at them, right? And you're thinking like, man, 
what's this little dude going to be? What, what's his life going to be all about? So I want us to just, I want us to get immersed in this story today, guys. And do you see what the story's about? The whole thing is this, this kind of controversy about what they're going to name this little boy. Let's talk about that today, because the Bible has a lot to say about names. In fact, it doesn't just start in the New Testament. It's all throughout the Bible. There's a verse that I'm sure a lot of you know. It's back in a, a wisdom book called Proverbs, and it says something pretty powerful. It says that a, a good name is more desirable than great riches, and to be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Is this talking about like having a cool name, a name that sounds good to everybody? No. Obviously, guys, this is talking about the totality of what your name represents. I want you to think for a minute again about what it's like to have a good name, especially in a day and age like ours. Doesn't it become harder and harder to find somebody that has a name that has lasted, a name that's considered good? I think for me, you know, in the day and age with social media and cameras recording everything, and we can find out so much about everybody, right? It's astounding. One of the kind of most incredible falls from grace that I have seen in my time was Bill Cosby. When I grew up, late 70s, early 80s, I don't think there could have been a better name around than Bill Cosby. And guys, I want to be careful here. I'm not saying this to disparage this man or to dog him out. I'm just trying to paint a picture for you here. I mean, Bill Cosby, the Cosby show? Who didn't know that? Bill was the clean comedian. Bill was the guy. That's the reason we, we ate pudding pops, man. Bill Cosby ate pudding pops, man. Just this great guy. And all of a sudden, this good name, we all saw it. We started to find things out, right? And very few people feel the same way about that name. Man, what's it like to have a good name? I want to ask you guys a question. What about you? Okay, we can look at these people, these celebrities. I often like to say it like this, man, if you had to run for office today, if you were forced to do it, and they started digging around on the web, on your social media feeds, talking to your friends, what would come up that's associated with your name that would make you cringe? Or would it be a good name? Do you have a good name today? Do you want a good name? So let's just start with some basic things, okay? Let's just talk about our names for a minute. Like, why do we even have these goofy things? I mean, they've been around since the beginning of time, right? So we're just going to get down to some, some brass tacks here. And of course, we know we need names. Names are essential to the, our identity. They, they help us know who people are. You know, as we're having, you ever been in a conversation with someone and they're, they're kind of talking, all of a sudden there hasn't been a name for us. Like, hold on, are we still talking about Jimmy? You talking about Jimmy right now? You talking about Uncle Ted? Wait, hold on, is this, is, is this your boss we're still talking about? We need to know who are we talking about? Give me the name. Is my daughters, they've all been dating different boys now. So when they've, they've called home to, to tell Danette or I, usually Danette and I get the stuff relayed to me, you know. Uh, this guy, he does this, he looks like this. And I'm just like, what's their name? I'm Googling this guy, okay? Give me a name. 
I want a name. I want to know their identity because the name, there's so much associated with it, right? So just take a minute. And I want you to think about maybe some iconic names that you know. And think about, you can just say their name and a picture is painted, right? An identity that's bigger than them. I'm going to throw some, some things up here right now. And I'm not even going to mention anything about these people here. And I guarantee most of you know all or at least some of these names on this side right now. And if we had to go through the room, there's all kinds of different emotions and things associated with. We can look at, and again, I'm not mentioning any name on there. One person can feel like, yeah! And another person can feel like, oh man, that just makes my blood boil. Because a name is so much bigger than the name. It's our identity. It's how we feel. And guys, even bigger than your actual name, it's funny, as, as people begin to be identified with names, we do this a lot. We begin to identify and be named on categories of things. I've seen this one come up a lot. You know, okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. My kids have pulled this on me. I'm not even a boomer, man. You know? It just, you get named something. You know, people wanted, the, the older generation wants to dog out all the millennials. You know, all the millennials, right? Companies, when you hear their name, right? You just hear a name, and there's an identity. Remember Enron back in the day? Started out this great company, not so much now. There's something with their name. Guys, it can be a physical diagnosis, um, a, a mental diagnosis, all these different things that sometimes we're actually even saying, that's our name. I'm a failure. I'm broken. Because names, really, it's, it's bigger than just that. When we're talking about people, when we're mentioning their names, we're, we're asking a bigger question, aren't we? What are we asking? It's so powerful, guys. Man, who are you? <laughs> See them holding this baby? You know, man, what is, what is this kid going to be? As you're sitting across the office from people, the new person, maybe on that first date, you're, the question we're really asking about their name is, who is this person? Who are you? So we've talked a little bit about names, but I want us to understand something about this passage that it's actually just not about, we all know that John was named John. Okay, spoiler alert. There's something going on here about the process of naming him that God wants us to understand. See, it's not about his name. It's about this, this debate of what he should be named and why he should be named John. This group of people is coming in here and petitioning for him to be named Zachariah. Little Zach Jr., man, let's go. What dad doesn't want to have that, you know, for his little guy, you know, Zach number two. So we talked about names. Now let's talk about naming. That's a little bit different because I don't think anybody in this room got to choose their own name, right? It was given to us. So naming, the power of it, is it reveals some stuff, man. I want us to think about the, the authority that comes with the ability to name somebody, the, the intimacy, the relationship that you have to have when you're given per permission, when you're close enough to something that you get to actually name it, identify it. Guys, that's powerful. Do you remember the first time this happened for you? A lot of us, 
you know, we had like, you got a pet when you were a kid, right? I can remember my sister, somebody came home with a, with a shoe box with a couple gerbils in it once, man. Me and my sister got gerbils, okay? Well, you're going to name your gerbil. I got to name this thing. Man. I had Speedy. I went with Speedy, man. My sister went with Ginger. Speedy wound up eating Ginger, so I would suggest not getting gerbils for Christmas, guys. It was trauma on another level, man. But anyhow, we got to name these things like the first thing. Something to name a pet, guys. It's a whole nother thing to have a human life. If you're a parent, do you remember the first time you had to sit down and think, we're having a baby. I have the responsibility to name this kid. It's off the charts, the authority of that. We've seen this done the wrong way, haven't we? The closeness, the intimacy. I, I can remember Danette and I getting so excited we we're gonna have a little boy and you know, we, we finally settled on the name Jackson. And we were like, weren't going to tell my dad because my dad's name was Jack until he got there. And to see him come in that hospital room, and I remember him holding my little guy like, Jack's son, Jack's son. And, and to think like, wow, we got to name this kid. It's going to mark him for the rest of his life. Because that's why we give names, right? Again, we're keeping this simple at first. People need a name to know who they are. It's the most important thing. Again, I have four kids. I'm not going to give them all the same name, although people have done this. I think George Foreman, did he name all his boys George or something like that? Like one, two, three, four, but I'm sure they had nicknames. Man, you name kids differently. I need to know who I'm talking to, all right? I got four different kids, four different names. Who are you? We all know that. But there's something bigger, again, in naming. Something super powerful, not just who you are but whose you are. Let's just think about it in America, of course. This is in all cultures. We have last names. In addition to my son having the name that we gave him, he bears our last name. He's a Jacobs, okay? When people get married, a lot of times they're, they're switching their last name to say, now, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm part of this tribe. I'm with these people. found it fascinating. I had one of my employees from back in the day was a young man, Shane, loved this kid. We were catching up later, and I had known that he had had a lot of difficulties with his dad growing up. His dad was a toxic, abusive man. <clears throat> he was getting married, and he said, man, uh, it's kind of crazy. He said, I'm taking her name. So you're taking her name? He goes, yeah, I just, I, want, I wanted my dad to know I want nothing to do with that man. I don't belong to you. Isn't that crazy, guys, to think about it? But again, we're talking about naming. Now he had the authority. I don't want that intimacy with you. I belong with someone else. I'm taking her name. That's who I'm with. And the reason I bring this up, it helps us understand a little bit of the strangeness in this passage. Again, guys, when you're reading the Bible, things don't make sense. You should stop. We're always talking about this. Ask questions. I mean, who in the world, first of all, it's, it's eight days and they haven't named this kid yet? Does that seem strange to anybody? I mean, pretty much, you know, a lot of times you know beforehand, it's like a done deal, they come out. A lot of times you're calling the baby the baby's name before it comes out. So again, we're talking about authority, intimacy. We're, we're talking about whose you are. This is a Jewish story. These are Jewish people. It's a powerful thing here, Okay. The, the Jewish nation was started by a man originally named Abram, okay? And if you know the story from the Old Testament, what happened was this. God called this man by name and said, Abram, I'm going to do something crazy. 
through you. And again, he was an old guy in his 70s. I'm going to make you the father. Look up at the stars, man. I'm going to make you a father of just an incredible generation. So many people you can't count. So I got to change your name, bro. I'm changing you to Abraham, which meant father of multitudes. And I'm going to make a covenant with you, man. I'm going to do this through your life. But hey, one way we're going to mark this is you're going to get circumcised, buddy. It's another sermon for another time. Pastor Jim's got that one coming up. It's going to be amazing, guys. Tune in. Leave that one to him. So in the Jewish culture, when they were coming to these young boys, they technically didn't even consider them part of the nation truly Jewish until they were circumcised because this is when God made the covenant. They waited eight days just like God decreed. And at that time, just like when God gave Abraham his name, that's when they would name the boys. Isn't that kind of powerful? So you can understand this isn't just a group of like overzealous people. They're like pumped up, okay? Homeboy's now, he's gonna be part of the tribe, part of us, it's time to name him. You know, let's, let's go for, for Zechariah. And of course, you know, guys, we, we know that's not the case. And again, we have to sit here and think, why in God's word, why as we sit down and think this has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, why does God want us to know about this conflict, this, this issue with people wanting to name babies different things? And I hope you're getting a sense of the importance of names. And, and what I, what I want to do is this. I want to talk about why it's important to God. And it's important to God because, guys, God cares about your name. Because there's a calling on your life. God cares about your name because he cares about your call. I, I want us, again, to stop it. It'd be so easy to think, well, this is a story about John the Baptist, right? It involves John the Baptist, but what we're talking about today is not a story about John the Baptist. It's a story about Zechariah. It's a story about a man that was named, again, by this angel, called by God to do something, something that God cared very much about. And I find it fascinating, again, because one of the reasons we need names is what? It's so we can hear it when our name is called, right? In a group full of people, if I want to single somebody out, I got to say, yo, Kyle. You know, I, I got to call his name. I'm talking to you now. We've got to be able to hear it. Zachariah had given his whole life to God. He'd been praying to God, wanting God. I know the promise of a redeemer is coming. And finally, this angel comes and calls him by name. God wanted him to hear it. I am talking to you. I'm calling to you. It's so important, guys, that we know God is speaking to us today. And he does it by name. Well, I got ahead of myself. Because the most important reason he wants us to hear it is because so many times this is where we're at, right? When is it most important to hear our name? When we're lost. When we're disconnected. When we're not right with those people. When they're not listening to us. Okay, again, when I'm sitting down at the dinner table, I'm not saying someone's name over and over again right here. I'm not calling people's name. We're here together, guys. It's when we're far apart. It's so important to hear your name called. And that's so many people, I guarantee, in this room right now, or you know people right now, that that's how they feel. I'm lost. I'm abandoned. I'm disconnected. Baby, he's not hearing my prayers. 
And it's so important to know that God still calls people's names. And he wants us to hear it because he wants us to believe it. I want you to think about this story again. It was, the, the Bible's clear that Zechariah was a righteous man. This is a, this is a dude who's really followed God. And this angel comes and he calls him and he tells him this great news. This, this guy's been waiting for this his whole life, right? This is what I've been praying for. And what happens? He doesn't believe. He doesn't believe. Do you remember what he says? You know, how can this be? I'm old. And then the angel says, man, now, listen, you're going to be silent, not able to speak until the day this happens. Why? Because you did not believe. God wants to call your name so you can hear it, so you can believe it, and not just believe it, but to follow it, but to follow it. I find it fascinating, again, that, that at this point, you know, when we're thinking about the story, Zachariah and his wife really haven't been able to have a, a true conversation. Obviously, she gets pregnant. Obviously, she has the baby, but the whole time, this, this man has been unable to communicate because he did not believe, okay? And I, going back to the crowd, I, I find it fascinating. Like, why don't these people just believe that this guy really saw an angel and the baby's supposed to be called John? I would think the whole town would be on board, right? But there seems to be this, like, this really happened? Like, I don't know. There, there's this doubt. What will Zachariah do now in this moment? after he failed before. It's a real test, guys. There's no angel now. There's no magic moment. It's just him, his wife, this baby, in a crowd calling for him to do something other than what God said. What's this guy gonna do? And what I find fascinating, sometimes I love how the Bible puts this real tension that really happens to us, guys, okay? Because again, they were trying to get mom, <laughs> to go for it, and she mentions the name's going to be John. And then they, they say this fascinating phrase to me that I think that happens to so many of us, guys. There's a name. There's, there's something that God wants to call us. There's something he wants to do through our life. And, and this crowd says to these parents, man, John, nobody's got that name. Nobody's got that name in your family. In our family, marriages don't stay together, man. You know, in our family, the boys, dad drank, we drink, it's what we do. Keep jobs, it's not what we do in this family, right? Like father, like son. There's so many things, guys, that follow people's names because no one in that family has that name. This is the first time I can really see that, the, that John, the name, not saying people weren't named John, but it's the first time we see it in God's word. John. Oh, you really think the angel really came? God really wants to do that crazy thing you were talking about through this boy's life? Well, something amazing happens, man. Again, God never gives up on us, guys. And there's, there's a name that Zechariah had over his life. Remember when Pastor Jim talked about this? His literal name means God remembers. <laughs> that angel came down because God heard his prayer. God remembered him. God remembered his people. You know, he didn't believe it, but now he's remembering now. His wife's name, Elizabeth, means God, God is my oath, God's promise. God's a, God's a God who remembers his promises if you put those things together. And now here's these two parents in the crowd and wanting something totally different, and they're saying, now 
No. God has spoken. We're going to stand up. The mamas, no. His name, he is to be called John. And then you have Zachariah in this beautiful moment for me, man. Just takes that tablet because he can't talk and said, his name is John. Guys, when, when, when God speaks out, we should speak up. When God speaks out, we should speak up. And what I love is this whole thing changes then. We see the, the crowd knows now these people are not going to be detoured. And it, it would seem like, well, what, again, who cares? Zechariah, John. But it's almost like no, now they know. They've been talking about that God had called this guy. They're actually naming him John. This is totally different. And again, there's this awe, it says, that began to fall on these people. This old couple that had a baby. They're naming him something totally different. They've told us the story about the angel. They've told us this, this boy's going to be doing something great. In fact, there was this belief for the long time that maybe John was going to be the Messiah. They still mistook his identity in so many ways. But there's that phrase again, guys, that just, it gets me. Man, what, what then is this child going to be? Something changes in our lives. Something changes in our families when we begin to believe, when we allow God to name the things that he's supposed to name. People act differently. People think differently. Again, this, this word, like I said, is really fear, a Fear settled on the people like, wow, is this really happening now? And it comes back to this, this big question once again. Who are you? Who is this baby? Who is this boy? And of course, we know the story. We know how it ends with John the Baptist. We know how God used his life. So I want to sit here and ask, man, wouldn't it be great if, if that were all of us, man, if, if God had sent an angel to our parents to say, hey, this is what you're supposed to name your kid. This is what your kid's going to do. This is how it's going to go down. Wouldn't that be nice, right? And I don't know about you, but that's not how it went in my family. I had great parents, man, great parents. Taught me so many things about God, but I didn't follow that path. And some of you, didn't have great parents. They didn't follow God at all. In fact, they still don't follow God. Some of you maybe don't even know your real birth parents. So who are we like? What are we to do with this, guys? How does this story apply to us? Because for me, going back to names, what happened in my life was, because our names are bigger than our names, right? I'm trying to figure out who are you? Who am I? And I had this moniker over my life for years, and the moniker was this, stay away. This dude's bad news, man. I mean, from the time I was a little guy, I don't know what it was, there was something in me, this kid is a punk. This kid is a rebel. This kid is trouble. In elementary school, teachers pulling kids aside. John, you need to stay away from him. That kid's bad news. High school, you need to stay away from John. Kid's bad news. College, really amped it up. You know, I can remember best friends. I can remember people pulling my then girlfriend, now wife aside. Dayton, John, what are you thinking? Stay away. And you know what's funny about when people name you guys as a problem is trouble. And by the way, I was a problem. 
and that was trouble. I'm not trying to paint a boo-hoo thing up here. I didn't care for a long time. Call me what you want. Yeah, I am kind of a rebel. I do what I want, when I want, where I want, how I want to do it. Funny thing about names, right? You call somebody something long enough, what happens? They begin to believe it. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, the message over my life, and I guarantee the message over some of your lives today is stay away. People in the family, who are you talking to? Who are you hanging out with Thanksgiving? Man, you need to stay away. Let me tell you a little something, something. Maybe some of you even say that about yourselves to other people. I've seen this so much now. Hey, well, stay away from me, man. Problems here. Trouble. And I reached this point in my life where I wasn't cool with it anymore because I began to realize, you know what? Some of this was coming true. People that hung out with me, there was problems. There was destruction. It was bad. Maybe they're right. And you know what? None of us, guys, because, again, there's, there's something. That's why we should always go back to his word. You know what this word says about us, man? That God made you. The word is handiwork. You're the handiwork of God. In Ephesians, it says this. Created in Christ Jesus to do amazing things, to do good works. And, and the message that's been named over me is this. So, Again, who, who's telling the truth? Who has the authority? Who has the intimacy to do that to me? And now I'm doing it to myself, and some of you have done it to yourselves too. So I was faced with this real fact as a husband, as a father. I've got this little guy. I've got this wife. I've got this thing, and I, I don't want to be this anymore, man. I want a good name. Do you want a good name today? And I did what most of us do. What do we do, guys? I'm going to pull up my bootstraps, man. I'm really going to buckle down. I'm going to memorize some stuff in here. I'm going to get real, 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 real good. And then maybe one day, God might kind of sort of call my name. But that's not how it works, people. Did you see what happened in this passage? Did you see what God always loves to do? And I want to put it like this. And we're thinking about this again. Do we have a good name? Do you have a good name? Do I have a good name? A good name is, is born. It's, it's something that comes alive in you when you believe. Such a powerful word here, guys, that a good God has called you by name. Let's just say this again, because I, I know it's a mouthful. I, I struggled with how to put this together because I want you guys to get this. A good name is born when you believe that a good God is calling you by name. See, God doesn't call us because we're good. God calls us because he is good. That's the difference, guys. All throughout the Bible, when you look at all the names of these people, what's fascinating is what God does with their name because of who he is. Just a, a short list of people, man. I want you to think again about names and what God did. God found this old guy, Abram. We don't really know nothing about him until God meets him, and God calls him, and God changes his name from Abram to Abraham and says, I'm going to do something amazing with your life, buddy, because I've called you that your life is good. We've got this wandering, bumbling, forgotten shepherd who had killed somebody in Egypt, and now he's out there for 40 years just 
doing his thing with some sheep, and here comes God. He calls Moses and says, Moses, I want to send you back there, buddy, to deliver my people. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it through you. It's because God called this name. You got this little guy, Gideon. Man, I relate to this guy so much. God comes and says, man, I want to fight an amazing battle through you, homeboy. He's like, time out. Not only is my clan the most pathetic clan, God, but of all the people in my clan, I am the biggest loser, okay? The biggest loser was long before the show came out, people. Gideon was saying it. God's like, listen, man, through me, I'm going to take you from the least to this courageous warrior because I'm calling your name. We all know the story. Simon literally tells Jesus when he calls him. Do you remember this? When Jesus had him throw the, the net back in for the fish and he's pulling it in, Simon's like freaking out. And, and, and he gets out of his boat and he says, what? Man, Jesus, get away from me. You don't know who I am. I'm a sinful dude. And here's Jesus like, oh, man. Later, like, you're going to be my rock. You're good because I'm calling you. Paul, Saul, this iconic story, one of the worst of the worst. And just one day, God comes along before he's done anything good and just says, hmm. You're my chosen vessel. I'm going to use you. Guys, do you see the power of it? It's not the good that they did. It's a good God calling their name. And for me, the most powerful ones are the stories, many of which we're going to see in the gospel, of the people that the Bible doesn't even tell us their name. I want us to think, as you're reading through the Gospels, how many times I find it fascinating in a, in a passage today where there's so much about a name, we have all these people that the Bible doesn't even tell us who they are. We have a woman caught in adultery. We all know this story, right? God says, "Now nah, you're not condemned. I'm setting you free. We've got, I call this guy 38 Special, man, the paralytic by the pool. He's been laying there forever, like this lame, broken dude. You're not broken. Homeboy, pick up your mat, walk go. Able to walk. The demoniac in the graveyard, the, the guy that the people sent out of town to get away from us, man, like go out there. They're chaining him up in the graves. He's cutting himself. He's crazy. He's ostracized. And Jesus sets him free and says, hey, go back into town and tell people, show people what I did for you, man. But the one that really gets me, guys, the, the one that I resonate with, and that I really believe that, that God wants to talk to some people here today, too, is that that woman in this very same book that we're talking about. Again, we're going to get here in about three years, so it's okay. I don't uh, I can tell you now. You forgot about it by then. I got you, Jim. It's all right. This woman has no name. She's the sinful woman. You know what I'm talking about? Jesus was invited. He was invited to a dinner party with some Pharisees. Man, guys, the, the Bible has these just bizarre stories. I, I, I hope they really get into your heart because this story just like, it moves me so much. He's invited all these prominent, big wig, the good guys, right? These are the people that knew the Torah. They know all the law. Like they invite Jesus in. They want to see what's going on. And, and in Luke 7, it tells us that during this dinner, there's some woman, just as some woman, behind Jesus' feet. I want you to think about any dinner party you've had where there's someone on the floor at someone's feet. It says she's pouring perfume on his feet. She can't stop crying. She's making a mess, so she's using her hair to, to wipe his feet. The scandal of this, 
this, this rabbi with this weeping woman at his feet. And you got the Bible says something so interesting. The guy that invited Jesus, so he was sitting there and he was just thinking, this dude, this dude's supposed to know stuff from God, right? Supposed to be some big bad prophet. He would know about this girl. He would know she's touching him, what kind of woman she is. That's her name, by the way, according to this guy. You ever had that? People don't even like say their name if you know what kind of guy they are. I'll mention their name. You know what kind of woman they are. It's the name over her life right now. Just let's just say it what it is. She's a sinner. Sinner. What's the message this guy's thinking? That the whole town was thinking. Everyone at that table other than Jesus is thinking. I'm gonna tell you what it was. This guy knew. What we do with people like that? Stay away. Trash, trouble, problems, punk, filth. Stay away. You remember what happens next? It's so beautiful, guys. Again, this, this woman, we don't know her name. Jesus says he knew their thoughts. He starts talking. He starts telling them, man, you know, you, when I came into your house, bro, did, did you greet me? Did you kiss me? Did you give me water for my feet? No, but, but from the minute I walked in here, this woman hasn't stopped kissing my feet, cleaning them with their tears. And I want to tell you this, man, you want to know why she's doing that? Because of what she's been given, what she's been forgiven so much. She's been given a place. The message from me isn't stay away. The message from me is no matter where you've been, you've got a place right here. And when people have been told their whole life to stay away, when someone in love, when someone in grace, when someone in mercy says, you can come right here, you belong here. It changes everything, guys. This woman that we don't know, Jesus looks at her. All these people embarrassed, and she doesn't even care anymore. He says just to the woman, your faith has saved you. Faith in her good deeds, faith in her lifestyle, faith in knowing that this is right where you belong, right here with me. This is peace. It's okay. And you might say, well, it seems strange again that the Bible places so much importance on names. Why don't we know her name? Because guys, this is the only thing you need to know in all these stories. When you realize, when you've been at that point, the point I've been at, stay away and all of a sudden you're included, there's only one name that matters and it's right there. This man who humbled himself to become like us so we could become like him. He was so obedient that he went to death on a cross. And God said, wow, because you did this for these people that I love, I'm not going to give you a name. I'm going to give you the name that's above all names. When you realize what Jesus has done, guys, you know what the, one of the best things that happened? You don't care about your name anymore, man. You want everyone to know who he is because you belong here. That's what happened to me. I don't care what people think about me anymore. What I care is people knowing what he did for my life and that they belong with him. Here's what's crazy. So many of us think the way to get a good name is for us to be good. That, that's when God would call us. The Bible is so clear. Guys, I hope you fall in love with Luke and the Gospels. Listen to what Jesus says. This is what he says, man. I didn't come to call. Remember what we do with names? What do we do with names? 
We, we call them out. I didn't come to call the righteous. I didn't come to call the good people. I didn't come to call the people that have it all together. I'm calling these people, man. Guys, my hand is raised. You know why so many people can't hear the call of Jesus? Because they're trying to work their way to be good when the whole time what he's doing is saying, man, I know you've missed the mark. That's what sin means, by the way. I know you're lost. I'm calling to these people. Guys, again, listen, who do we call to? If I have to pick up my phone and make a phone call, how goofy would it be for me to call my wife right here? She's right here. We don't call people that are right with us. Righteous people are right with God. God's calling people that are missing, that are lost. That's who he wants. It's beautiful. You know, actually, the, the Greek word there means the same thing. The call to name, it's the exact same word. I'm, I'm here to call to name sinners. And it's a beautiful, powerful thing. When this truth finally hit my life, through people that followed Jesus that let me belong with them while I was going through my mess. It's the, the desire of my heart. Guys, if you know anything about Open Door, anything about V-Town, these are the people that we want here, the people that belong here while you're still a mess, while God's still working on you because he's calling you all the time saying, you belong right here with me. Where do we get better? Out here on our own or sitting at the feet of our Savior? He wants you right here. And I could finally hear him call me. And I finally began to believe for some crazy reason that this punk messed up guy believe he's calling my name and to be able to follow that in obedience. And guys, this verse is tattooed on my back, ironically covering up the prince symbol that I had tattooed on my back in college. Yes, people, that's a real story. It's a cross because it covers all my sins. And this scripture is below it because it took me forever to believe it. This powerful image that I will go before you. I'm the one that's going to level the mountains. That's John the Baptist language, by the way, man. I'm, I'm making this playing field super even for you, man, because I'm coming for you. I'm going to I'm going to break down those strongholds, those gates of bronze. I'm going to cut through those bars, those names, that junk that has no place on your life, man. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to give you something. These hidden treasures, these riches stored in secret places. So, so you could just go to heaven one day, so you could just be a better Bible student, so that you're going to know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you who calls you and, you and you and you and you and you and you and you by your very name. Can you hear him calling you today? Can you believe it's true for you? Can we follow that today? Guys, it's all through the scripture. Let me just end with a few of these. Jesus talking, man. Says the shepherd man, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. This incredibly, heartbreakingly awesome passage in Isaiah that says, man, you know what I've done? I've written your names on the palms of my hands. You think tattooing people's names is new? God did it long before anybody else ever thought about it. 
your name right here. And for people like me, like some of you, that like your name was so marred, so marred, there's this beautiful passage, man. Remember when the crowd came and said, man, John, there's, there's nobody by that name. It says that something incredible is gonna happen when we finally get to see him face to face one day. You guys ever seen this? It says, man, at the end of it all, I'm gonna give to each one a white stone, the faithful, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it, authority, intimacy with our Father. I'm gonna tell you who you really are right here with me now. As we conclude, guys, listen, I, a last time, a good name is born when you believe that a good God is calling each and every one of you by name. So Father, I just... I'm so thankful for the gift of redemption through Jesus. God, because of his name, because of the totality of what he's done, because of his blood, because of his obedience, because of his humility, God, that every single person in this room, no matter what has been said by their mom, their dad, their brother, that bully, their boss, by their own selves, God, that you've redeemed us all. His blood is crying out that you've brought us back to our original value in him. And through his goodness, through his life, God, that we, we have a name that can be put inside of his name. So we thank you, God. We praise you. And I, I pray that all of us, Father, could go out in the power of his name to hear your call on our life and to believe that you made all of us with your very hands to do incredible things, God, which is to call sinners, to call the lost, to call the very people that we were to come back and say, man, you think the messages stay away? You belong right here with your Father, with us forever. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.